It's time for Red Zone Talk, presented by Olympia Orthopedic Associates on 95.3 KGY. A weekly look at high school football in the area with your hosts, Noel Wall and Olympian prep contributor, Dave Weber. Hey, good morning. It is another Friday morning, and welcome to Red Zone Talk, presented by Olympia Orthopedic Associates, uh, your weekly high school football roundup show. We are having a live conversation uh, about the teams and the games in our area. It's episode five, season two. I'm Noel, along with uh, Dave Weber. Good morning. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Got to see an exciting game last week and looking forward to seeing what happens this week. All right. We're looking forward to hearing all about it, too. Uh, the show is available for podcast on the Red Zone Talk page of the KGY website. At least it will be soon. KGYFM.com. Last week's show is there now. Uh, click the on air on the green line on uh, the KGYFM website. You'll find Red Zone Talk in the drop down menu and you can find the episodes there. You can also find a place to enter your soon to be new driver uh, to win free driver's education from our friends at 911 Driving School. Uh, later in the show, we got an interview with uh, Yelm's Derek Platt as he talks about a victory in week one. Uh, the first week is in the books. And this morning, we're going to review each team's performance and take a look at tonight's foe. Maybe some speculation on the outcome. We'll dive right in. And Dave, the Mountaineers that had 7-3 uh, and three last year, they start with a win over Raymond, and it was a big one. Yeah, it was. It was kind of similar. They scored 27 points just like they did last year against Raymond. Uh, this time, Raymond got some points on the board. Um, but it was interesting because the Mountaineers, like a lot of the local teams, had to jump right into the fire. They were supposed to be in a jamboree the week before, and it got smoked out by all the poor air quality. But anyway, in this game, Rainier jumped out to a 13 to nothing lead. But as I said, Raymond was a little tougher than they were last year when uh, the Mounties shut them out. They cut it to 13 to 10. But that's when the Mounties got their big play. Senior running back Cole Reese broke loose for a 50-yard touchdown, created some space, and Rainier pulled away from there. All right, and uh, they are going to play uh, Toledo, who's coming off a win. So a couple of winners going to face tonight. Yeah, they are, and, and Toledo's not only a winner; they're a big winner. They uh, have um, a uh, seventh; they're ranked seventh in the um, in the state in two B, and they've reached the last four state tournaments. They dusted off Charles Wright thirty-seven to seven last week, and just to give you an, a tough an idea how tough the Central Two B League is, not a single team in Rainier's Pacific Mountain Division lost its opener, and only two of the 12 in the overall league lost their opener. Holy cow. Holy cow. Yeah, well, that's going to be a big game. Charles Wright, not necessarily a, a formidable foe, but uh, that was a big win for Toledo, so that's going to be an interesting game, uh, Rainier and Toledo. Moving on to the 1A, Tonino Beavers lost to Rochester, and kind of a disappointing loss, maybe. Well, it's disappointing in the sense that it's the second year in a row that they've lost that so-called Scatter, Scatter Creek Showdown. 53-20 to 20 to uh, our tribal Rochester, which, of course, is a 2A school as compared to Tonino's 1A. The reason it's disappointing, though, is Tonino had won the previous eight meetings before last year. Right. Starting that losing streak, and they actually had two leads in this game. They went up 6 to nothing after a six-yard run by uh, quarterback Carl Hesaw, and 12-6 to six when Hesaw threw a pass that found Joseph Marco for a touchdown pass. But unfortunately for the Beavers, Rochester then reeled off 35 unanswered points before he saw scored their uh, Beavers final touchdown. And the one good one good note for them, Zach Robson, who's a senior who really hadn't had much of a career before this year, but really has come on strong. He rushed for 121 yards on 21 carries. So a couple of couple of highlights for them despite the big loss. All right. And uh, tonight they host uh, Kings Christian uh, opportunity for a win on the black turf. 
Yes, could be. Kingsway Christian comes in, and it'll also be a uh, little bit of a barometer on how their 2A season will, 2A Evergreen season will shape up. Uh, Elma played the Knights from Kingsway last week, beat them 48 to 14. So I would assume that uh, the Beavers will be looking for something similar to show that they're going to stack up well in their league. All right. Um, and so there we have first couple. We're going to take a break. Don't forget later in the show, uh, Dave talks with Yelm's Derek Platt here on Red Zone Talk. Uh, first, it is uh, time for our first time out. We'll be right back on 95.3 Olympias KGY. And welcome back to Red Zone Talk as we continue our uh, weekly look at uh, high school football. And we're looking at week one results and week two games going on tonight. We're moving on to 2A and the Evco. We talked about uh, Rochester Warriors. Uh, they beat Tonino, and uh, Dave gave us a little bit of an overview of that. Uh, and you talked about Elma, too, so let's let's go back now, really, and talk about uh, Rochester is going to play Elma here tonight. They are, and um, Rochester's offensive output had to have been a really good sign for Coach John Moorhead and his staff. They're really trying to take it one step at a time there and to come out and put up 53 points, which was 30 more than they scored against Tonino in their win last season. Only one time last year did they score more than 23 Lost a 42 to 35 game at Centralia, so 53 points in the game is a big deal for them. Totaling three, well, it's a big deal for anybody, but especially for them trying to build their program. Sure, 371 yards total offense. Grayson Johnson carried 19 times for 118 yards and three touchdowns. Got touchdowns from three other backs. Last year's workhorse, Enrique Sanchez, Talon Betts, Hayden Dahl, all ran for touchdowns. And all league receiver Patrick Riley uh, caught a touchdown pass from Daniel May. So they had all, you know, they had some uh, ground game going and some passing. And as you mentioned, they go to Elma, the former rival when the Warriors were in the 1A Evergreen a couple years ago. And as I mentioned, they had a uh, victory last week in which they beat Kingsway Christian. I'm talking about Elma, of course. Last year, Elma beat Rochester 29-12 to um, later in September. So we'll see how it goes this time. And Elma has, has had the muddiest football field I have ever been to in my life. I don't think... Davis Field is that bad right now, especially not tonight. It's not going to be. Uh, let's see, another team that scored 50 points in a win, Black Hills beat Bremerton. They did. The Loveless brothers were in full effect as they hung that boxcar numbers on Bremerton. 50-19 to win for Black Hills at Tumwater District Stadium. They jumped out to a 12-0 lead after a quarter. They were up by 32-7 at the half and coast to home. Uh, as I mentioned, the Loveless brothers each ran for two touchdowns. Ethan, who's the quarterback, from two yards and 24 yards, and his brother, Zach, a running back, came in from five yards out in 29. Ethan Loveless also threw a 12-yard touchdown pass to Jaden Toussaint, and three more touchdowns in that came for Black Hills. Preston Lee on the ground, Ben Heron and Taylor Simmons both on return. So, um, again, all cylinders, all facets of the game for Black Hills. And uh, they are going to face uh, Chief Self they tomorrow. Are, they will, and that's going to be up at uh, – you know, the Southwest Athletic Complex in West Seattle and the Seahawks really had a tough one last week. They fell victim to a state record 10 touchdown passes from Sam Uard. Holy cow. From Kennedy Catholic. They lost that one 72 to 20. And if people aren't aware of Sam Uard, he's a pretty he's big a, prospect. A son and a nephew of a fairly yeah. famous <laughs> son of Damon and uh, nephew of Brock. And yeah, he put, he, he joked around. He said in the article I was reading in the Seattle Times, he, or maybe it was in the news tribune, he allegedly told his dad that uh, his dad said, well, since I'm not going to be at the game, I'm with the Huskies down here in Atlanta. You're going to have to score, throw 10 touchdown passes. <laughs> and Sam supposedly said, hey, you know what? That might be possible. And that actually did end up happening. 
Holy cow. What a deal. All right. Uh, let's see. Where are we? We're going to move to SPSL now. Uh, River Ridge. Um, they uh, had a one-point loss to WF West last week, 28-27. to 27. What an incredibly close game. It was. And I was at that game, and it was uh... – I don't think anybody – well, actually, early on, people might have thought that uh, WF West was going to win. They went up 14 to nothing. Two really easy touchdown passes from uh, Josiah Johnson to um, Carver Brennan and Leandre Gaines, and it looked like WF West was going to roll. But Ridge battled back to take the lead 14 to 13 at the half, and then they were leading 27-21 with less than four minutes to play. And then uh, Josiah Johnson – Threw a little, uh, lofted a little lob pass up to Gaines, who turned and spun and ran 69 yards for the decisive touchdown with less than three minutes to play. The Bearcats have an awful lot of tenacity, and they have for a long, long time. Uh, River Ridge uh, played Mount Tahoma. That was on Thursday, and we record the show on Thursday morning, so we cannot speculate about who's going to win or lost. No, we can't, but I would like to mention a couple of performances from Ridge because they've got a couple of star sophomores that looked really, really nice. Against the Bearcats, the quarterback Javon Brown and uh, wide receiver DB Dante Owens. Brown completed 10 of his 19 passes, 166 yards, two touchdowns, not a single interception. Owens caught eight passes for 155 yards and a touchdown. So those two are going to be uh, putting the Hawks, setting the Hawks up for some success for the next three years. Well, yeah, certainly look forward to the season and see how that works out. Uh, played a very, very strong game last week. Moving on to uh, 3A, Capital Cougars. Uh, managed to beat Lakes 22-9 to last week. Yeah, and that was a, a, a signature moment for them because in talking to head coach Terry Rose, a new coach, talking to him before the season, he said that even though he had a lot of seniors, there was a little doubt as to how the season was going to go, how they would fare, and that they would be able to take a deep breath after their first game. And fortunately for them, the deep breath came after a victory. Um, coach Rose, he was nine years as an offensive coordinator at Bountiful High back in Utah, said he had some new ideas for the Cougar offense, but – the tried and true got it done for Capital on Friday. Grant Erickson, their senior quarterback, 14 of 29 for 191 yards. And he hit his favorite receiver since they were little kids. Chris Penner with a touchdown pass. Penner ended up with six catches for 87 yards. So um, the new offense may be there, but it was some old faces that did the damage. All right. And uh, Capital now gets to go uh, take on the Bearcat, as it were. Uh, how are they going to fare against the 1-0 WF West? Well, that's going to be an interesting game. I think uh, it was interesting. One of my colleagues at the uh, Olympian, uh, Lauren Smith, who you've mentioned a couple of times, he used to do the show with you. She said this is a game between two teams that weren't supposed to win their openers. Right. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see which one continues the upward trend and which one is forced to settle for the L. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Josiah Johnson passed for 211 yards last week. See if he can do the same against Capitol. Um you know, they're a new team. Johnson did not play quarterback last year. Leandre Gaines, who I've mentioned a couple times already for them, he uh, was a tight end. Now he's their star wide receiver. And yet at the other, on the other side of the coin, Capital has all those veterans. So it'll be uh, surging youth against uh, established veterans. We'll see how it goes. All right. It's a big game. They're all big games. Next, we're going to hear about a great big game going on tonight. And we'll hear Dave's interview with Yelm linebacker Derek Platt. That'll be uh, when we come back on 95.3 Olympia's KGY. And welcome back to Red Zone Talk on 95.3 KGY. I am Noel Wall along with Dave Weber, contributor to the Olympian and 
We continue taking a look at last week and, uh, of course, this week's action as well. Uh, Yelm opened with a win over Skyview and a high-scoring, fairly close game. Yeah, it was, and it's a really exciting moment for uh, Yelm and their fans. Their coach, Jason Ronquillo, purposely scheduled a tough non-league season, which we're going to continue to talk about today. Uh, And the first step was a road game against 4A Skyview, and the uh, Tornadoes handled the challenge very well. They uh, were staving off the storm at the end. The storm had marched down to their 21-yard line, down by four. When the uh, game ended, 45-41 in Yelm's favor, but they did a lot of good things. Kyle Kyle Robinson, their first-team All-Area quarterback, who's returning, he uh, completed 12 of his 24 passes for 231 yards, no interceptions, got touchdown passes to both of his top receivers, Cody Gifford and Austin Osso, and uh, they had a running back, Carson Alman, had a big night, 146 yards on the ground for him on 32 carriers. Biggest play, though, might have came on defense. They were up 17-7. to with the storm driving, and Derek Platter, we're going to hear from in a few minutes. He stripped uh, Skyview star running back Jelani McGee of the ball, turned around and raced 67 yards for a touchdown. So um, big game all the way around. Excitement galore. I talked, as as, uh, as you mentioned, I talked to Derek. He said their fans were going crazy down there. So a lot of excitement around Yelm football right now. Yeah, and uh, again, Yelm will be hosting Tumwater tonight. Talk about Tumwater in just a minute, but first – Let's hear this interview with uh, linebacker Derek Platt. And Derek, we were out here early in the summer doing a preview story on your team, and you guys were talking about how the tough schedule with 4A Skyview and then Tumwater coming up was going to help you guys. You got a victory out of the first game, a real exciting game down in uh, Vancouver. How do you guys feel coming out of that one? Uh, It was pretty solid. Uh, Great game, great communication. Uh, Honestly, a lot of it was uh, the, mo- the the captains, just the leadership on the team and telling them everyone to stay positive. And going in there, you might uh, you had a lot of uh, youngins uh, thinking, man, this is going to be a tough game. I don't know if we can win this. But we had the older guys, the leaders on the team, uh, telling everyone it's going to be it's going to be good. We can do it. Just keep pushing and work hard. And uh, came out with the, with the W, so that was nice. Yeah, pretty exciting. They had the ball driving at the end, and you guys held them off. But you had a big play earlier in the game. Uh, you stripped the ball away from their top running back. Jelani McGee, and then you went 67 yards for a TD. Describe that play. Yeah, that was it was pretty wild. So uh, it was um, they're lined up. I think they had doubles, doubles left, and then their their running back comes motioning out. So I tell my other linebacker to spread out. So he spreads out a little bit, and then uh, the play goes. Throws it, throws a little screen pass, and then we we all rallied to the ball. I had a couple guys uh, lock down the running back. So I was able to get the ball and then just worry about the ball stripping it and uh, stripped it, did a little spin move, and then I was off to the races with the quarterback and then did a little cutback, and then I was able to score. It was pretty exciting. Uh, I ended up scoring, and then um, just going back to the, the sideline, everyone was just rallying, slapped me on the head, telling me good job, and then the fans were just going crazy. And then uh, Coach Cordova's got this really cool bucket hat because he's obsessed with buckets, and uh, I got to wear this golden bucket hat. It was pretty amazing. So, pretty good. All right, well, so you're halfway through this preseason that's going to be tough. A lot of people around here probably don't know Skyview as well, but everybody knows Tumwater. you got the birds coming here to your field on Friday night. Yeah. How exciting is that to play one of the perennial powers? Even though they're in a lower division, they're still obviously – they beat Timberline last week. They're still obviously very tough. How's that feel to have them coming here? Yeah, it's definitely a big game, a uh, big rivalry. Uh, I feel like I, I know a lot of those guys at Tumwater, and they want to beat us, and we want to beat them, and it's just going to be a good game. Uh, lots of people coming down. The stands are going to be packed, and it's going to be a big game. Uh, hopefully we're able to go out and show what we know and uh, handle, handle Tumwater pretty well. It's going to be a good game. 
All right, very good. Good luck with that. And Tumwater T-Birds, uh, that was a great interview, by the way. Tumwater T-Birds, uh, as you said, coming off a, a win over Timberline, and the score would indicate uh, that uh, Tumwater pretty much was in control of that game. They were. It was a little bit of it was Timberline's fault. You, you can always say, why did a team have turnovers? Maybe because they were playing a really good team, but they had three fumbles lost and an interception in the first quarter. So Timberline didn't do themselves any favors. But, you know, you can never say when the when the victor is Tumwater, you can never say it was the losing team's fault because Tumwater usually does find a way to win. And as far as Yelm in this game, I talked to Jason Ronquillo, their coach, yesterday, and uh, I guess the day before that, and we were talking about what it takes to beat Tumwater. He says they have to have absolute discipline on defense. He says you can't, can't play selfish football against Tumwater or you end up – you end up chasing them. He's just a direct quote from him. You end up chasing them from behind, and you're going to lose the game. So they're going to need to be really disciplined. Their defense is designed to stop the run, but a lot of people don't stop Tumwater's running game. And if you're Tumwater, and if you're going against a bigger school or something, you know, what do you? How do you talk to the kids about that? Well, I think Tumwater, as far as the bigger school factor is, um, they're they have an incredibly deep roster. Um, they're big. Yes. You know, they may have less students going to their school, but the interest in football is so high. That though you, I mean, you've been to their games. You see that hundred kids lined up for the national anthem. Um, they have the two Dillons who did the damage last week against Timberline. Dylan Payne scored three touchdowns last week. Dylan Loftus, who I haven't seen in person yet, but the transfer that came out of the state of Minnesota, he uh, ran a second half kickoff back, eighty-five yards for the touchdown, and then shortly thereafter, they scored sixty-nine yards from scrimmage for a score. And you notice I didn't even say the name Zane Murphy in there, and Zane Murphy is another outstanding running back they have. So I think the way they combat the larger school factor is their roster is incredibly deep. Both of these teams, Yelm and Tumwater, have over 100 kids out for the team. So in that regard, I think it's pretty much a wash as far as the population that really matters, which is how many players you have and how many of them are good. Right, how many of them are on the sideline on Friday night. Yeah. That's right. Well, it's uh, – let's see. I missed that one. But uh, – we uh, are going to come back and look at the rest. Oh, no, I was going to say, that's where our tailgaters are going to be tonight. It's a great big game at uh, Yelm High School. Uh, come on out and say hello. Uh, first game of the season for the tailgaters. We'll talk more at the end of the show. But uh, come out and see them play our little game and uh, have some fun. We'll be back to finish up our look at uh, local teams right after this timeout on 95.3 KGY. And welcome back on 95.3 KGY Friday morning. That means Red Zone Talk with Noel Wall and Dave Weber. And uh, we are into our fourth segment, returning to the 3A SSC. Uh, North Thurston had an opening win against West Seattle. A lot of points scored in that game. 50-66 game? 66 points, I've seen. They did, and the, the player that they were so high on came through and with flying colors. They talked about uh, sophomore quarterback Keaton Maggard. Um, their coaching staff said he might be one of the best sophomore quarterbacks ever in this area. He threw for four touchdowns in that game, and then they got some touchdown runs, two from Jace Marcotte and one from Juan Rodriguez. So um, pretty good balance of running and passing against West Seattle. And they will go on the road this week to play at Port Angeles. Port Angeles is a 2A school, and they lost, dropped their opener to a 1A school in Forks, 28-8. to So if you're the Rams, you would hope that uh, – we talked a minute ago about the size of school and so forth that a 3A team can beat a 2A team that lost to a 1A team. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, well, so interesting. Spartans, it's hard to know. Forks, you know, uh, what kind of field or team they field 
Uh, they are very isolated out there, and uh, they sometimes have some pretty good guys on there. Moving on to Shelton, they lost to North Mason, uh, and uh, that was the battle of Mason County right there. Yeah, they actually call that the Mason County Cup, and it was Shelton dropping that one 35-14. to 14. Threw a little bit of a damper on the celebration that day. Mike Speaks coaching debut, and then also uh, the christening of Jack Stark Field, which, of course, was named for the High Climbers' two-time state-winning uh, coach from the late 20th century, and Jack was on hand for that dedication. But nonetheless, they had a couple of uh, – they faced a couple of running backs who put up 149-plus games each and uh, countered that with sophomore running back Josiah Olells, who ran for one of the Shelton touchdowns, and senior receiver Anthony Boren grabbed the touchdown pass for the other score for the high climbers. All right, and uh, interesting, you talk about Jack Stark being, you know, coach of the late 20th century. We're going, holy cow, that makes me feel old. I was interviewing Jack Stark when I was doing play-by-play for those schools. So uh, things are not going to get any easier for the climbers. No, and this is where, you know, we talked about it a minute ago about Tom Water and Yelm, but sometimes you have to throw out those classifications. Shelton's going to drop down two levels this week. They're going to travel to 1A Montesano. But and Jack you, Sam Roddlefield. Yep. And when <laughs> you go into that place to meet the Bulldogs, um, who are ranked third in the state in 1A, uh, you're taking your life in your hands. They uh, thrashed 2A Aberdeen 48-8 to last week. And the key stat to me, and this is just speaks to the overwhelming consistency that Monty has, they participated in the state playoffs the last 12 years. That's Isn't that a pretty something? good streak. Yeah. Right there. Yes, yes. And then uh, Timberline. Uh, rounding out the SSC, uh, we talked about their loss to Tumwater. Um, you know, champions meet champions, and somebody's got to go down. And uh, thirty-five to six, so Timberline uh, got to lick your wounds and learn from your lessons. What are they? Yeah, I think. Well, don't turn the ball over. I think that they don't really know. They didn't get a lot of knowledge from that, other than don't turn the ball over. Because, That's a good start, though. Yeah, <laughs> when you give up the ball four times in the first quarter and you're down right up the bat, you end up losing by twenty-nine. Uh, it's no doubt a painful loss, but they also know that if they can hang on to the football, they can do a little bit more of good things. They did put together one nice drive um, in the second quarter when uh, Hunter Campow, their senior quarterback, who has done some wonderful things for them over the years, he's been there. He uh, drove them 91 yards down the field and finished it off with a nine-yard pass to Isaiah Hernandez. And that's the kind of thing they're going to want to see, sustained drives. They're another team that's usually pretty deep. I wasn't at that game. I heard they didn't have that many people dressed, but I think they tend to just dress the varsity guys and not a whole bunch of other people. So I'm sure they've got some players, and they're uh, going to want to play a game where they play, uh, you know, maybe not turnover-free football, but certainly not giving it up four times in the first quarter. doesn't really uh, get tremendously easy for them, but they do play a team that had a losing record last week, and they play Bonnie Lake that was that is 1-0 after beating uh, Franklin Pierce 38-28 last week. But they were four and six last year, and Tumwater, I mean Timberline, did beat them, thirty-five to twelve, um, up in Bonnie Lake. So, good chance for Timberline to ratchet down the level a little bit, take care of the football, and see what they can do when they're turnover free. All right, and four uh, A Olympia, uh, five and five last year. They opened with a win over Emerald Ridge, thirty-five to seven. Yeah, not on not an unexpected victory last year. They beat uh, Emerald Ridge forty-one to nothing. That was on the road. They had Ridge this time at Ingersoll. Took them down 35-7. to seven. The Bears rolled up 378 yards in total offense and looked pretty good heading forward. It's nice to have a, a, a nice win like that, but 
Uh, frankly, Emerald Ridge, not known as a really super strong foe, unlike the foe they face tonight with Sumner. Indeed. They got to go up to Sunset Chef Stadium to face Sumner, and that's a team that's not ranked, but they did receive uh, votes in the coaches' poll, uh, and they just absolutely took it to South Kitsap last week, blowing them out 49 to nothing. So you're going up to to Sumner where they're going to have a good pro-Spartan crowd. Um a team on the verge of being ranked, and it'll be a really, really good test for Olympia. Uh, and it's it's hard in that league. And the SPSL talked a little bit about this last week. You don't get a practice game, quote unquote. They do have a non-league game, but that'll be at Skyview on October the twelfth. So prior to that, they all count. These are league games. And yeah. Fortunately, the Bears are one and zero, but then they've got to go up and play a tough opponent on the road. All right. And there you have. We have covered twelve local programs. The next step is up to you, and that is become a fan. For crying out loud, follow your alma mater or pick a team. You can pick a team for any reason at all. Maybe you like the mascot. There's lots to choose from. We got animals. We got American history. We got climactic events. Uh, maybe you like the colors. It really doesn't matter uh, how you pick a team. What matters is that you go to a game, show up in the stands on a Friday night, like tonight. Something to think about here, okay? Uh, it's not just the team on the field that you support. Think about the band and the cheerleaders and the drill team. Now, they all perform. They all want an audience when they do. And look at the concession stand. That supports something that doesn't get funded in other ways. So bring a few bucks and buy a hot dog, some popcorn, coffee, or soda. And then take a minute or two to look around because you're going to see kids learning about responsibility. It's happening right there before your eyes. Everywhere you look at really any high school stadium on any football Friday night, you see something special. Kids invested in what they're doing, whether they're on the team or in the band, whether they're volunteering or whether they're participating in some other aspect, from the ball boys to the drum major, they're all engaged. And we all know that engaged students have fewer issues in school and life. They do better both academically and socially. They go farther, meaning a better shot at a higher education, a better job and a better life. And you... You're part of it when you go to a game. Motivate yourself to the stands and cheer. They will hear you. And uh, there are 153 games tonight, so no excuse. College ball, Cougars host San Jose State. What do you think about that one? Uh, Cougars ought to be able to uh, handle the Spartans. Um, San Jose has had some struggles over the last few years, and um, if Washington State uh, has too much trouble with them, they could be in for a long year. Yeah, yeah. Huskies uh, had a loss to Auburn. Big, big team to play, and now they're going to host North Dakota. Yeah, I, I, I watched a little bit of that Husky game. Most of the second half, I thought that uh, they actually were playing pretty well. I mean, we talked about how, what a big matchup that was with two top ten teams agreeing to meet yeah. on the opening weekend in that Chick-fil-A game. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think the Huskies had anything to be ashamed of. I think it was a really good game. It was pretty much a road game for them. They ran a graphic that said, uh, 7,500 tickets sold by Washington, 45,000 sold by Auburn. So it was basically an Auburn home game. Huskies went in there, lost by less than a touchdown. Nothing to worry about there. Yeah, yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see how the season goes on. Strong performance. Seahawks visit Denver to open the season on Monday night football. Uh, not a lot of guys around from the from the uh, Super Bowl matchup. Yeah, it's turning out to be, uh, you know, a little bit different Seahawks team and um, almost like, one that you have to wait and see how they're going to do. I've heard 
Uh, people say they're going to win the division. I've heard people say they're going to come in last and everywhere in between. Yeah, well, uh, so we'll no see. no wins in the preseason, and uh, you got to not let that bother you, and we'll see how they do, how they open on Monday night. Uh, you can hear that game on our sister station, 96.9 KAYO, as you can all of the Seahawk games. Thanks for joining us this week. Find the podcast at KGYFM. Select On Air and find it from the drop-down menu. You can email us. Let us know what you'd like to hear about. Uh, mostly just be sure to join us next Friday morning for Red Zone Talk. Now, the workday, uh, weekday commercial-free kickoff begins right here on KGY. Enjoy the games this weekend. And remember, every Friday morning is a Red Zone Talk morning on 95.3 KGY. Ready? Now KGY begins the workday kickoff, playing Olympia's greatest hits, 95.3 KGY.